0: And we are back on Buffalo, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Ladies and gentlemen, we are finishing this year off. It, it, it almost feels like we're still stuck in October with how just chaotic the season's been in the NFL. Um, we're expecting more and more twists and turns, but uh, we're staring down the barrel of a possible AFC East contention game that can literally just catapult the bills into an undefeated streak this game is that game make no mistake this game is that game against the patriots and um we got a lot of things to talk about but look this podcast is named very simply what bills do you want for christmas i'm not talking about debt okay i want to start off so real quick there's three things this year that i wonder what would you pick? I put this poll online on Twitter, and I uh, got a lot of feedback off of it, and thought it was interesting. So I'm going to mention it here on Buff Hub real quick. So if you could pick out of three things this year for the Bills to have instantly for Christmas, what would it be? Would it be a new Bill Stadium? B beat the Patriots so bad, Belichick gets fired? Or C? And I had to put a caveat in C, okay? Uh, okay, get over it. You, you you want the Super Bowl win? But Josh Allen gets severely injured. That's the caveat. Everyone just wants to win a Super Bowl. I get it. But come on. if you got to pick one of those three. Look, I'm sorry. I'm picking C. All right? He can heal up. <laughs> I'm being imaginative here, right? Knock on wood. He's not going to get injured and get put out of the season. But look, a lot of you guys have actually surprised me. I go back to the poll, and I'm looking at what we got going on here. And it's actually very interesting. Most of you, you just want to see... <laughs> Belichick fired. Which uh forty so twenty-seven percent of you said A for New Bill Stadium. Uh forty seven percent of you said B to beat Belichick and C, twenty-six percent of you uh, you know, you want you want the Super Bowl, so at the expense of losing your star quarterback. Well look, that's what we're all waiting for, right? And you know, as of right now, uh the way I'm the way it's looking, the way everything feels, look, who knows who's gonna win the Super Bowl. Well, it's funny, everyone crowned the Patriots, right? And then the Pats lose to the Colts. So are the Colts going to win the Super Bowl? At this point, anyone can win the Super Bowl. If we're going to be real here, it it, it can go literally 50-50 with any team who is in playoff contention in the playoffs. In both divisions. So whoever reaches the pinnacle, I, I, I think you get more credibility out of this season than any season ever. As old as Tom Brady is, he's still playing at a very high level. Uh, other teams are that you know are good are getting good again. And now we're looking at the situation with the Bills where, I mean, <laughs> if they beat the Patriots, they're right back in the talk. I'm not going to let anyone go back on the words they said about the Pats that they think they're Super Bowl contenders. Okay, so if the Bills beat the Pats, then the Bills are back in the race. So, Here's the thing, we all wish, once upon a time when we were kids, we wished for certain things we wanted for Christmas. Uh, (laughs) Christmas Eve is, it's today, you're listening to this today and you're hoping that your lovely wife or significant other or your father or your mother, your grandmother, whoever may have gotten you that present, that you you held so dear in your heart to hopefully get this year. Whether if it was a Stevie Johnson jersey, some Bill slippers. Mine was Bill's socks, and my wife let me open a present early and they were Bill's socks, and I'm wearing them right now. They're very cozy. So yes, I'm very happy that was that present. But you know, go back a couple of years. Um well you know, what what were you wanting for Christmas? Uh <laughs> me? I wanted the Batman mansion and I waited 10 months after seeing it. Uh, you know, this is when I was really young, and my parents wanted to really surprise me. So they made me wait up until Christmas to get me this mansion toy. And I, I got sub. This is this was this was the Batman and Robin days, you know, with Sub Zero, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, Uma Thurman as uh, Poison Ivy. You name it, right? With Bane, and it was just <laughs> it was the cheesiest. I guess for some people, the best Batman ever. But look, I absolutely loved that mansion so much. It's still my parents' attic, and so are all the toys. And I, I, <laughs> if you give that to me right now, I will play with it. I do not care how old I am. Look. Everyone has that toy. Everyone has that memory. And right now, maybe you have that memory. You're you're, you're waiting for it, right? Here's the thing. We all wish the Bills offense to be something, to bring something different, right? And I... (laughs) I'm bringing it, look, this is what I want to see from the Buffalo Bills. And I'm not trying to say this just because it's the easiest thing to say, oh, they should just try this because the Bills did it in the past. It's not that. And I'm not saying I want them to do it to 100% to the T exactly how it was done. But look, I think we need to hurry up the offense. Bring back a little bit of the K gun and run the J gun. A great defense isn't perfect and can be cut off guard. I'm talking about the Pats here. Bring back a subtle no-huddle attack that could exploit some of the Patriots' defense. Right? If you remember, remember that game with Trent Edwards and it was the Brady comeback game after injury? And I mean, we gave the Patriots trouble. And we, were, we were running on, uh, you know, a hurry-up offense. Given the Bills were on the field for like less than a minute you know, on some possessions. But look, it worked. And it caught them off guard. And that was... A stellar team. Obviously went on to win several Super Bowls, but fact of the matter is I get very frustrated with the Bills' offense whenever I see them take a little too much time trying to get plays in and out, and then it's like, you know what? We're going to get in an I formation and we're going to run it. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. Give me a break. If you're going against a really good opponent, you need to keep it moving. Stop you know, lollygagging. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I sound like an old man. I don't care. With all these play calls that like, just, they're so predictable. They're so predictable. Like we need to get in a rhythm. And if that's what it's going to take to get in a rhythm, especially in a game like this, I'm telling you to do it. We're going to get back into the Pats game, but, uh, we got something bigger at play here, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, We got some Pro Bowl snubs. And for some reason, Deion Dawkins, out of all players on the Bills team, him and Stephon Diggs are picked to go to the Pro Bowl. I understand Stephon Diggs, but I mean... I guess there's just a ton of respect from other players and and inside the NFL community in regards to Deion Dawkins. He has flashed a lot in his career, do not get me wrong. But if we're just going to talk about on the Bills roster, Josh Allen, number one, was not selected. Number two, Jordan Poyer misses the Pro Bowl again. And, and and look, this is the thing. This is what I'm going to say. I, you know how Bruce talks about, you know, wins on our, wins aren't a quarterback stat. Well, look, it looks like according to Pro Bowl voting, the type of wins you get are indeed a quarterback stat, a safety stat, a defensive tackle stat. I mean, I could keep going for hours about this. It's ridiculous. completion percentage, 31 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 7.1 yards per attempt passing, 555 rushing yards, 4 rushing touchdowns, 3 turnovers uh, fumbling the football, and 3,734 passing yards, ladies and gentlemen, for Josh Allen, who is running an 8-6 Buffalo Bills team that has been absolutely horrendous on the offensive line. So I have no idea how in the heck, out of all the players... Bills have. Dion Dawkins got selected. We all know this, this whole snub is not Josh Allen or Jordan Poirier's fault. You put either of those guys on any other team with a decent offensive line or a decent defensive line, they're absolutely in the Pro Bowl every single year. They both have their hands full and, um, you know, that, that's just an example of these snubs. I could go on for hours, guys, but I know you guys are on Twitter going crazy about it and I'll let you handle it and think about it that way. But that's my take on that. Um, and look, let's ta- let's get back on the, on the protection here to get back in this Pats game, because for God's sakes, if this pass protection does not show up to play on Sunday, we will probably see a repeat of what happened in Buffalo. You don't even need 55 mile an hour, Gus. You just need to let Matthew Judon and company just rush at Josh Allen willy-nilly, however they feel. And I'm pulling out the the grandpa words right now. I don't care. Look, fact of the matter is they have studs on defense. We don't have Cole Beasley. Right now, Deion Dawkins and Feliciano are on the COVID list. (laughs) I mean, paint a worse picture to go into New England. I don't have one. Emmanuel Sanders basically has to play out of his freaking mind in this next game. And so does Gabriel Davis, because we already know they're, they're going to be double-coveraging Stephon Diggs or triple-coveraging at you know at the end of the day. And here's the thing, ex- especially exploiting that middle of the field the way you know, Cole Beasley can do and find, sign the, find the soft spot in the zone, that's when you need him in a game like this. And when the ball is going to be aired out, and now we're d- depending upon Dawson Knox and Emmanuel Sanders on the inside to get that separation. I just don't know if that's their strong suit. I just don't know. I think that this is going to have to be one of those games where we're basically running Josh Allen a lot just to get something going. And hopefully out of that, it opens up the entire game. Now I said something to a fan I was talking to and, um, You know, We were going back and forth on Twitter, and I was talking about it, and I said to him, look, I want to see Stephon Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders in the slot. I don't care if he's the number one receiver, and I don't care if he's the so-called number two receiver. As far as I'm concerned, that's Gabe Davis in my mind. That's just how I feel about it. But at the end of the day, we need to do whatever it takes to win this game. And not having Cole Beasley as the designated guy to really open up the middle of the field, uh, they got to figure this out. I mean, now we're going to have to figure out Isaiah McKenzie, Um, in a very key matchup and we saw what happened with him in a very key matchup at home against the Colts when they were just storming us out of the building and he literally just fell on his face and fumbled the ball and then you know they get it and then they end up scoring and it's just an absolute blowout. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You can't paint a bigger Buffalo Bills loss than that Colts game. It was an absolute embarrassment. And I'll tell you, I mean, if you're going to ask me at the end of the day who my money is on, I I mean, it's going to be on Buffalo, and I'm not just saying it because I'm a fan. I'm saying it because I do believe that the conditions are going to be better for Allen, right? I'm just speaking a little bit pessimistic because I'm saying Dable has to figure this out, dude. I mean, if we go in there and we don't figure anything out, I mean, dude, what else do you need to just score points? Like, you have everything you need. I'm just nervous about missing a guy like Cole Beasley, and then we lose Feliciano and Deion Dawkins. Now, Feliciano was obviously not active. Um, Well, he was activated, but he was not playing in the last game, uh, clearly. But. Clearly, you know at the end of the day, you want your best guys on the field, and if they thought John Feliciano is their best guy to get in there instead of Ike Bucker, then you put him in there. But um, you know, I I really do think you know losing Deion Dawkins is a big, uh, it's huge for the Bills' offense. And look, we have not seen consistency out of this offense yet, and we got a little bit of that last week, and I was really happy about that. Um, especially coming off of a very strong second half against the Bucks, and then going to, you know, go beating down the Carolina Panthers the way we needed to beat them down. But now here we go. What do you do? Because we all know that Belichick is going to have his game plan ready. He is not going to show up and not be ready for this game, it's going to be in New England all of the lights are going to be on. It's nationally, I think it's going to be one of the biggest games on Sunday, if not the biggest game on Sunday, because everyone wants to see the Bills and Patriots beat the living crap out of each other. Um, and people want to see if Mac Jones, who's the big storyline out of this draft now, uh, you know, what he can end up looking like as his career decides to, um, you know, you know, just Get into a rhythm here. I feel like you know um, the last game against the Colts. You, I really don't know how harsh you should really be on Mac Jones. Look, at the end of the day, the way I see it, he gave his, ch- his he gave his team a chance to win, and they didn't win it. But I still think that this kid actually he has he has moxie. You know, as much as I really just do not like him, as a lot of people do not, I really got to respect that he at least brought his team back, um, you know, to contend for that game. Whereas the Bills, when we faced the Colts, it was an absolute travesty and unraveling disaster. Um, Look, I I think right now the Bills need to treat Mac Jones like the future. Um, He is no longer rookie Mac Jones, he is future uh, QB in New England. This is his rookie year. Imagine how he's going to be next year, right? So, this this is something the Bills have never seen before in this division. He is not Brady. He is basically the perfect fit for what they do offensively. He is a yes man to everything Belichick wants to ever to everything a Belichick wants to do, and. You know he's not throwing Tommy fits. He may get you know upset here and there when it comes down to the court, you know, the coordinating and whatever have you. But you don't see him doing it to Bill Belichick. I'll tell you that right now. Um, so this game for me is one of those things where you know we're going to end up looking back at this matchup and basically this is going to be the telltale for the entire coaching staff for the Buffalo Bills. This is it. There have been a lot of roller coaster loops and drops in this season, but I'll tell you, if there was ever a game to evaluate what kind of caliber team this Bills team is, this is the game. It's not even the first playoff game. It's going to be this game. Because this literally can control the destiny of the Bills as far as winning the division and asserting themselves again. And if they can't assert themselves again, even if they don't have Cole Beasley and they're missing Deion Dawkins and you don't have Feliciano, I mean, last week we had we had a decent game, you know, out of Spencer Brown at left tackle and then we were put Ike Bucker on the left guard, Mitch Morse, you know, Daryl Williams. Um, you know, I like the combination that we had on that offensive line. You know, including Cody Ford there too. I, I I get there's a lot of hate and animosity towards a lot of the way they've been playing, but look, we, we need to start getting, I say this every single freaking week, and I'm happy that, I, I guess, some way, somehow, in the universe, this podcast audio is getting to the coaching staff. I don't know, really don't care, but what I do know is that Gabe Davis is more involved, which is awesome, so I'm wondering if this situation is actually bringing to light to the coaching staff, that we need to pay more attention to the draft picks, that we are drafting high, and we need to maybe have more patience, and even if Josh Allen is dealing with bumps and bruises, well, hey, here's the thing, we need to get bang for our buck here, man, we can't just keep signing guys out of free agency because a year goes by and an offensive lineman doesn't work, look at Wyatt Teller now, Quentin Spain's doing well in Cincinnati too, Like, there's a lot of things that I am upset about with this offensive line, but... You know, I really do think this is the game where all those decisions, all those question marks, everything is going to come down to, is Sean McDermott fit to really assert himself in the AFC East, right? Is Brian Dayball the guy to really run this offensive unit? Um, obviously, look at Leslie Frazier. I mean, if I personally feel like, man, you know what? I'll live and die with Leslie Frazier. That's just me. A lot of people say a little, you know, a couple of different things as far as his, you know, his approach and um, how maybe there's not enough development off the defensive line. But now we're starting to see Harrison Phillips because there's injuries. He's starting to show up. This is what I'm talking about, right? Things are going to come to light. This is what happens when the Bills are in a spot where they're basically forced to use what they have in their hands, and they still have the necessary tools to win. right? If you look back in games past with Brady, you look look past at games past with Peyton Manning, they've held on to those guys, even when they had injuries, to still get them by and win games. This is a quarterback-driven league, for crying out loud. So this is a Josh Allen game. This is a coaching staff game. They need to show up. And I don't want to hear any more excuses about, oh, well, we should have plugged this guy in an offensive line. We should have signed this. We should have signed, should have signed him here. Like, no, man. Like, when free agency comes around next year, it, it may not even be that great. Like, Cody Ford could easily go somewhere else, and he fits the system, and he does well. Everyone was basically done with Wyatt Teller when he left, and now we're all crying about it. So, you know, with this matchup, God, I just, look, man. I am so sick and tired of talking about New England and Brady. And I'm vomiting in my mouth as I'm saying this. Like it just feels like it's gonna come out. Like, dude, I I'm so sick of it. And at this point, I really just have to say this. You know what? Belichick, Brady, the Patriots, you know. This whole storyline, they've literally just thrived off of either having a super stacked team or playing against opponents in their division that are horrible and being able to build their team that way. And I am sick of the Bills complaining about it. We need to stop complaining about it as as fans too. Like, you know what? This is all about put up or shut up time right we're one game away from this team and look i predicted the bills are going to go undefeated the rest of the way and in the playoffs i mean they're going to have to pick they're going to have to pick their own destiny right so you know they they have shown signs of who they can be who they want to be and the vision is still there and i do sense that out of josh allen but i'll tell you we've seen enough we saw enough last week that was a very Very good defense last week as well. So a lot of credit to the Carolina Panthers. I don't care what anyone says. That defense is sick. Um, They have a lot of of great playmakers on that defense, and the Bills made it happen. That's what they need to do this week. It's really not going to be crazy, but I do wonder, you know, I wasn't really... It was really hard to tell when I was looking back at the Carolina Panthers game if, I don't know, like if Cole Beasley... Really did have that big of an effect on that game? Or was it Dawson Knox? It was really hard because you start to really think okay, who is really opening up this offense, right? Is it Josh Allen? Is it Stephon Diggs? Is it the offensive line? Is it the run game finally getting going? Is it Cole Beasley underneath? Is it, you know, Gabe Davis now? So this is going to be interesting, right? Because this is the game that's basically going to tell us what the formula... If the Bills win this game, this game is going to be the formula on how to get through the playoffs. Guarantee you that. Let's hypothetically say the Bills go up against, go up against the Colts in the playoffs. <laughs> Everyone's worst nightmare, right? Okay. Number one, the weather most likely will be different because the Bills will be playing in Indianapolis based off of the record, I'm I'm assuming. Um... They have Jonathan Taylor, but I do not see a guy like Carson Wentz being able to fling that ball around. So if the Bills can figure out how to potentially stifle the run game just a little bit and score points on offense, then they're good. And I'm saying this because, look, if the Bills can score points on offense successfully and thoroughly against the New England Patriots this week, they can do it against any defense. That's what I'm trying to say here. So... That's if, if I'm looking at the playoffs, the toughest opponent in the AFC for me, um, as far as matchup goes, is definitely going to be the Indianapolis Colts. I do not think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and the company. I really don't. Um, I think the Bills still match up really well against them, and hopefully by that time they would be healed up. Um, yeah, I just, I just think the Bills are more built to beat the Chiefs than any other team, whereas it's, it's really hard to tell right now. You know, the AFC South... They're mimicking each other. I mean, look at it. Think about it. The top two teams in the AFC South, right, with the Colts and the Titans, it's like the Colts said to themselves, you know what? The Titans have been running all over us. We need to get a better running game. And they sure as heck did with Taylor and Hines, right? And it looks like they, they can go toe-to-toe with Derrick Henry and company any any day of the week, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they, they bull over everyone they want to. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I'll tell you, that game winning touchdown against New England it was historic. I mean you got to give respect to him, but you know you're looking at the future right after this game um and again, guys, I'm done talking about it. if you if you want to listen to the listen to you know more information about the Patriots and whatever, you turn off this podcast and go turn on ESPN because they'll be talking about Belichick's coffee of choice. And possibly the last place he ordered his sub from. I really don't know. At this point, that's all they cover, right? Go listen to ESPN. Go listen to Fox Sports. You're not gonna hear me talk about the Patriots anymore. I'm talking about now how the Bills are gonna transpire in the future going into the playoffs. That's where I'm at now. And right now, the way I feel about it is the Bills need to figure out that game plan for in this game on how to assert themselves again in the AFC. And I think they will. I think they're going to figure it out. And I'll tell you, against a really good defense in the Carolina Panthers, not having Emmanuel Sanders for that game, still pulling out the win and playing dominant, might add you. I mean, you got to give it to them. As much as obviously we don't want to give credit to Cam Newton, I mean, they still have weapons, man. I I really just. and, And everyone was. I remember we were watching that game and I thought to myself, you know, look at. There's that one play with Cam where he just didn't throw the ball far enough and it was open down the field um, on the right side. I believe it was to Moore. Forgot, man, I just forget these guys' names a lot. Um, fact is, the defense got pushed up front. So there's a lot of credit I want to give to, you real quick, um, to Harrison Phillips. I wanted to get to this point here. Look, Harrison Phillips, you know, you look at. I want, to, I want to start comparing him to Kyle Williams here. Here's why. Kyle Williams really did not start to emerge to get respect truly in this league until later in his career. He wasn't an early developer. He got thrown into the team, pulled out of LSU, right? Thrown in the middle of, of the jungle and basically was told to figure it out on a very terrible Bills team in an organization that was just terrible. I mean, you just have Aaron Schobel and Chris Kelsey on the outside. I mean, Aaron Schobel was good for like one season, right? And then Marcus Stroud and from Stroud, you go to Darius, you go to, you know, Mario Williams and everything starts to come together, but then they couldn't get the quarterback situation. This is different, you know, for Harrison Phillips, because here's the thing. He wasn't able to really develop underneath all that shadow of um, just what was horrible, Right now, a lot of these players are going through a situation where they have to—they feel forced to develop really fast because the team around them is really good, and it's almost unfair. But um, I do—I do like it. At the end of the day, you know, they are forced to really, you know, bring their A game, which is good. You know, that's what you want out of your young talent. But you know, there has to be balance there, and I think that this is a game where I think can really level out. The playing field for the entire roster. Whereas everyone's going to really look at this season and look back and be like, you know what? We learned a lot from it. We were able to grow from it. And even when we had people go out on the COVID list and really hold us back throughout our season, well, we figured it out. And that's a sign of a really good football team. So that's what I'm hoping that this game is a sign of a really good football team, because I'll tell you the rest of the way should be a piece of cake it should be there shouldn't be any hiccups i mean if you take care of business in new england you can take care of business basically anywhere all right so let's uh let's let's finish off this christmas eve special on buff hub with a uh, christmas wish score and then i'm going to compare it to our realistic parentheses kid at school just ruin your you know santa claus is real dream score right dream score is this the Bills go 30, Pats go 10, and basically send Belichick and his happy behind pack into retirement. Realistic score for this game I got, Bills 24, Pats 21 in overtime. I think it's going to be a headache, and I think at the end of the day what's going to really you know show up is uh, the offense in the passing game. I think they're going to take over. I think also based purely off of Mac Jones, you know, having trouble throwing the football definitely when it counts against the number one defense in the nfl i think that's just going to give him trouble when it when it counts the most the absolute most that's what's going to happen you know he did make plays do not get me wrong against that against the colts but you know he did make a lot of mistakes so i think that's just what it is limit the mistakes on offense and the rest will take care of itself i really do believe in this defense so guys this was a relatively short episode on buff hub a buffalo rumblings podcast i'm your host steve vega and wherever you're at whatever you're doing um i hope you have an amazing christmas with your family um we're obviously a lot of us are separated from our families and whatever have you and um if you've lost any loved ones this year uh my heart and prayers and love go out to you um all the good vibes you know it's it hasn't been easy for a lot of people But, um, you know, we're all somehow uniquely united in this fan base uh, to support each other when the going gets tough. So keep your head up on Christmas. Let's go, Bills. Let's beat the Pats.